0: Welcome to Outlaw Gamer Radio, the official podcast of OutlawGamers.com. This is the show where we live to play and play to live. I'm Brent Adams, joined by a man who has enough LSD in his spinal fluid to see holograms without special glasses. Mr. Lauren Bobgarden! Lauren! Lauren! (laughs)
1: <laughs> good evening brent adams what 's going on i 'm listening to your intro and I could not figure i 'm like what did we what what is in the show this week that talks about LSD or spinal columns
0: <laughs> I could not
1: figure out what you were talking about until you came back around and i 'm super excited to talk about uh, what you 're referring to
0: yeah uh, it's it was actually a, a subject of conversation around the table at uh, my daughter 's birthday party uh, over the weekend. You're kidding. And uh no, I'm not what, kidding. Was it
1: filled with gamers or
0: no, no, just just a couple a couple of friends of mine who were gamers and uh right. you know we were we were talking about it, but
1: uh well I wasn't I wasn't insinuating that uh Zeely's gamer friends came over for uh <laughs> Give it time uh, for the party. Give it time. Uh, oh yeah. I hope so.
0: Uh, all right, so we are back, everybody. It's episode four. Yep. It's almost February, if you can believe it. Yeah. And uh, the year is just humming right along, Yoldi 2015. Let's kick off the garage this week. You know, in hindsight, all that prattle really did not amount to much of anything in the way of information or entertainment. That's I mean, okay because
1: we got plenty of information, and entertainment coming.
0: Well, I mean, you know, we can we can make that claim. But first up in the garage this week, we got an announcement teaser uh, from Rain of Reflections. This is the debut title from Lion Bite Games. Uh, they're, where are they? Swedish? I know they're over Swedish. in Europe somewhere. Yeah, Swedish. Yep. Okay. So anyway, this is a, um, a cyberpunk noir role-playing game that is headed uh, down the pipe. And uh, the announcement teaser is... I I would not describe it as necessarily all that exciting, but it's certainly, it's certainly interesting. And I think it's evocative and, and is, is more kind of about giving you a glimpse into... What the story, you know, might be about in very vague terms and also kind of the feel, the kind of the tone of everything. Uh, but anyway, Lauren, uh, we're linking to this uh, first up in the garage section this week why does it deserve that spot? What was it that got you interested in this?
1: Well, I disagree with you. I actually think this is very exciting. It maybe isn't exciting in the context of, uh, it doesn't have a lot of action or, or battle s- sequences in the trailer, oh, right. but okay. So we um, agree
0: that it's not exciting. Keep going. N-
1: n- n- <laughs> no, we don't. Um, other than that, what I think is a terrible title, reign of reflections. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, uh, I encourage people to go watch this video. It is, uh, I think it's very exciting. I love the look of this game. Uh, it's gorgeous looking. I like uh, a lot Sci Fi Noir. Um and, and there's not enough of it. Yeah, I mean a here. la Blade Runner, a la um I guess, you know, remember me kind of, but what was the uh what was the Hard Rain? Another Sci Fi Noir that has rain in the title, another terribly mm. titled game. Uh that wasn't that great of a game, but Uh, a beautiful game in that world of, and I loved uh, of all the Halo games ODST was probably my favorite which had this sort of very noir feel to it and also Um, I
0: think it might have had rain on the cover of the box
1: it actually did and and the music by uh, Martin Donovan is fantastic and I listen to it all the time
0: has rain in the music but um, you know somewhere it's monsoon season and flooding on people and they're like oh yeah pile on Brent and Lauren pile on Um, there's not enough of this cyber what's it called cyber cyber cyberpunk? something
1: 2077 so cyberpunk, is cyberpunk
0: yeah yeah 20 from uh from uh from
1: city project, project red. red yeah buddy yep uh cyberpunk 2077 uh is super exciting i want i would like to see more sci-fi noir games and this one uh although it's it's a ways out it's not until 2016 which was a little bit disappointing but um the game looks absolutely gorgeous and very, very interesting. And, and they talk about, if you go to their website, you can read up on the game a little bit more. They talk about It's single player only. It is not, uh, they're very specifically trying not to, uh, put a bunch of filler in there. It will be tradi- What would be traditionally shorter for an RPG, um, Which I'm assuming means, you know, somewhere under 45 or 50 hours, you
0: know, like maybe it's 15 hours or 20
1: hours, which is perfectly fine with me. Yeah, I was going to say, there's
0: there's nothing wrong with that, and maybe I'm just being kind of selfish given the fact that I don't have 45 hours to, you know, to invest in games uh, too often these days, but the idea of having a really compelling RPG experience that only lasts maybe 20 hours, as an example... Yeah. Uh, there's absolutely nothing that scares me off about that. And, and not
1: only does it not scare me off, but I, I think it's a really refreshing design pillar. Frankly, right? Uh, I, I'm getting sick of of these games. I was just watching a video of Dying Light, um, and I'm not. I haven't seen much of Dying Light, so I'm not trying to make a commentary on how the quality of that game. But no, that's the it next felt it felt no. no. Uh, it felt to me like a little bit like you know the Far Cry's and the Assassin's Creed's where there, where these they're just padded out with the and these aren't obviously aren't true RPGs but but they're just padded out with these side missions all over the place and and, and I think it's refreshing to see this as a design pillar. They said uh, they're saying out of the gate right now they're targeting uh, a, a more reasonable um, price point. They're they're targeting twenty five dollars for the game. Um, it's very story centric, single player only. All these things are to me are very refreshing and great design pillars, and on top of what looks like a gorgeous game. And I'm really excited to see where this game goes in 2016.
0: Something else that I think that uh, you and I and many other people are going to be excited to see where it goes mm-hmm. is uh, the next item in the garage, and this, uh, this was the, uh, the reference at the top of the show we were talking about. Uh, Microsoft has announced a, uh, a, an augmented reality holographic solution uh they're calling, it mixed, calling it mixed reality mixed reality i beg your pardon uh, yeah, they're calling it okay. hololens uh mm-hmm. they've shown off uh, they've shown off a couple of different demos of this apparatus which is a uh, it, it is it is a goggle like apparatus that you wear on your head much like vr but uh you can see through it and uh it as the name might imply it uh, allows you to see holograms on top of the world around you. And, uh, of course, you can imagine all of the uh, the different kinds of applications that that could have, uh, both entertainment and otherwise. Microsoft is uh, promising that uh, this will be available in the same time frame as the Windows 10 operating system, and that it uh, will be priced for both uh, consumers as well as other people. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think that given all of the all of the interest that you and I share in VR, it is interesting to to take a step back and, and look at something that's certainly playing in the uh, in the same the same ballpark, if not exactly the the, uh, the same league. I, I just I realized that as I was running down that that, that baseball analogy was going to fall apart on me there at the end. Anyway, plotting ahead, Lauren, uh, what's your opinion on Hololens? So,
1: as you can imagine, Brent, I've I've done a lot of reading on this, and it grabbed my attention pretty quickly. Um, I have never been interested in AR, uh, specifically, honestly. Um, uh, But I have to say, this is... um, you know, I've said I, I've obviously been very into VR. I own the, the first dev kit on the Oculus Rift. I've said that I believe this is where the future is going. Yep. Um, I, 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 after seeing what I've seen to this point, and, and uh, not trying to put the cart before the horse, but I feel like I, I almost could say that I, I'm I may may be mistaken. Um, I and I, and I thought that, um, with hundred percent certainty that VR was the direction we're going. But what I have seen, surprisingly, from Microsoft, um. Uh, it is, is just has absolutely blown my mind and is incredibly compelling, far more compelling than I thought it would be, uh, far more impressive technologically, uh, and uh, it has, has blown the minds of uh, of tech writers throughout the, the industry. Um, it, it is impressive so if you don't know if you haven't seen anything about the hololens you should check it out as brent said it's it is a headset akin to the um, oculus rift although it is not you do not it, it looks a little bit more like ski goggles than oculus rift kind of looks like a tablet in front of ski goggles this looks a little bit more like oversized glasses like blue blockers back in the day um but uh uh th- the thing that's I mean, there's many things that are different, but one of the things physically that sets it apart from the Oculus Rift is that it is uh, 100% untethered and self contained. So, from the edge of the glasses running around the back of your head is about an inch and a half uh, long sort of bar, and that is the computer, which contains uh, a discrete GPU, a CPU, and what they are calling an HPU or a holographic processing unit. So, it's got three processing, separate processing uh, chips. That, uh, that... Do things like uh, Read and render the world spatially So not only is it augmented reality, Brent In the context that it can project, say, a hologram um, Onto existing Like onto your existing desk But it's also capable of blocking out Things that actually exist in the real world uh, And you see that in the Mars rover demo Which we'll get to in a second But uh, the whole thing is self-contained It's entirely. It runs on Windows 10 uh, And it's entirely self-contained It does, You don't have to plug it into anything It doesn't need to be connected to a phone um, And uh, it's impressive it is it is an impressive looking piece of hardware and as as i said all the tech writers who put it on were were just absolutely blown away at how polished this was
0: um i think that um the the the, the situation with vr versus versus ar which microsoft can call it whatever they want it's augmented reality But the point is that well, it's not. But uh, real quick, Brent, and I will. I I, you know, I I agree with the whole idea of like
1: just you know making up names and everything. But but there is actually a difference between at least as I see it, between augmented reality and mixed reality because uh, the augmented reality typically doesn't include being able to remove parts of the real world, and in doing so. Uh, you can actually have some aspects of what would be VR or make it entirely VR by removing the real world, whereas AR typically only lays things on top of what already exists. Does that make sense?
0: I don't think that that's a technological limitation that that existing AR can't do. It's just that a- it's not really being right. done as gotcha. commonplace practice. Fair enough. Okay, so sorry. Go ahead. Uh, but my point is that, uh, interestingly enough, I kind of see... Uh, AR is probably more difficult to do. I think that it, it probably involves uh quite a quite a bit more uh going on in the tech side. and I could I I could be wrong about this, but I think that it right. probably involves a bit more uh technological uh kind of innovation going or not nah, innovation's not the right word. It just involves I think a little bit more technology than VR. Right,
1: because you have to you have to read and render the actual environment in real time.
0: Yeah, and and obviously in you know in VR you're just, you know, you're just creating everything uh, artificially. And, uh, so in, in that sense, it's, you know, it's just kind of easier to manage things. Uh, but, uh, interestingly enough, I, I can't help but wonder if, uh, if AR might not be, and, I, and this is what I was telling my, uh, my friend Eric over the weekend, I can't help but wonder if AR might not be a stepping stone to VR in the sense that, um, it might, uh, it, it might be a technology that in in, in a strange way might almost be a little bit more accessible and uh for for more for more people you know I, I think about you know people you know can can try this on they see the world around them and yet you know there's things added to it there's an instant kind of wow factor to it an instant uh you know kind of connection to uh you know to what this te- technology can uh you know can can offer and i i think you know for people who and i'm not necessarily thinking about gamers i'm thinking about you know just like mainstream consumers who may not especially be gamers that might have absolutely no interest whatsoever in virtual reality, as an example, but, you know, see a demo of this or something in a Best Buy, you know, years down the road or whatever, try it on, you know, look at the little tabletop setup display, you know, play a game of, you know, I don't know, you know, play a game of, you know... Minecraft? Yeah, Minecraft, or, you know, play, you know, you know, play 3D chess or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and say oh i've got you know this is awesome i got to get one of these and then that you know kind of becomes a, a a gateway that opens up uh people's you know potential interest in in vr saying well you know this is pretty interesting and what could you do in vr where you you know you can you have full control over everything you're you're not limited to uh you're not limited to you know kind of um you know things that are, that are being laid over the real world although i suppose you could argue that uh, you know, with with the kind of the mixed reality paradigm that uh, that you know that you were just talking about, the ability to block out the real world. Uh, why couldn't you do both with a technology? With that machine, right? And that's like this. and that's
1: where they demo the uh, the Mars rover thing, which they partnered with the Jet Propulsion Labs at NASA to to do a, a demo for Mars rover, which is. Supposed to be just it looks incredible, and everybody again said it, it's as incredible as it looks to us on the on the videos. And yeah, um, but and and you know Microsoft was very clever to to mention this, but not fixate on the idea that you know they see this as the future of personal computing. I, I think, and and I, I I'm sort of want to agree with them. I mean, they uh, see this as the death of the keyboard and the mouse.
0: Yeah, um, uh, we'll see.
1: Well, I mean, there's no, there's no question. Well, in my, in, there's no question. Well, the keyboard and the mouse say, is not like, the most elegant many, input solution. But
0: how many companies? Have, how many companies have you know demoed something and you know said, "Here's the future of the personal computer." You know, well, like I, I said know, though, they were very, they, they were that very. Seems they were just just very a little, that seems just a They were basic. very
1: smart to downplay that, but you know? that's kind of what they're thinking is, and it's it's like so the other one of the other demos, and I'm sure you saw this, Brent, where they had they actually had people in the demo installing a light switch. Um, they, and they showed it in the context of like a piece of plumbing. Yeah. But where, where one person could actually, you know, sort of circle something in your real world. And so to do this in their demos, they had people installing light switches with somebody, you know, remotely walking them through it and drawing on the real world, mm-hmm. saying, attach this wire to this wire yep. with a you know big arrow or
0: whatever. Get uh, that 's cook fish. I agree. I, I, and I totally agree. I mean, I think that it's I, I think that the implications and the possibilities for this are are very exciting. Oh, I thought there was a butt coming there. There is a butt coming. <laughs> but, but, um, I, I would just remind everybody that this is Microsoft and this is a piece of hardware that Microsoft is making. And I would just remind everybody to remain cautiously optimistic when it comes to Microsoft and their track record of making really big promises for far away product launches that uh, and sometimes the feature set that you actually get 4 years down the road and what they promised at the big to do uh, previously not always the same thing. So I just would remind everybody to, you know, just remember that as we get closer to this thing's theoretical launch. That's all.
1: Yeah, when is the when is the windows time frame Brent, do you know?
0: I think that I want to say that they're I want to say that they're they're planning to launch late this year. Is what I want to say. So, you know, if this yeah, uh, if so, this I mean, thing comes out late this year, this may not be all, a far off thing. Now, it does everything that they say it will, uh, and, and it doesn't like. And, and holo HoloLens does in fact launch this year. Then you know, I'll be I'll be the first to uh, I'll be the first to admit that I'm wrong, and I'll be very happy to be wrong if that's the case.
1: Well, and certainly, I, I wouldn't imagine the first one out of the box is going to be like a. Completely elegant and total solution. But it is, it's just, it's significantly more compelling than I anticipated it would be. It's pretty impressive technology and and super excited to see
0: where it goes. Yep. Which, uh, which there's possibilities for it to go a lot of different places. Uh, This next one, this next one is just for you, Lauren. And tell us all about (laughs) it. Uh, This, I actually just saw this as we were sitting down to record. It seems that
1: uh, BioWare uh, has made available. the tavern songs from Dragon Age Inquisition for free to listeners, I guess, uh, uh, or to players. I mean, I guess a lot of players were asking how they could get a hold of, uh, the tavern songs, which I'm assuming are not on the soundtrack, which I haven't looked up the soundtrack, but it's beautiful. And, uh, I'm yeah. guessing that the, the tavern songs aren't on there and people were asking about it. So they said, Hey, you know what? You, like you guys are so awesome as a community. We're going to give away all the tavern songs and all the sheet music for free until February 9th. So, uh, if you're interested there on their website, the, you know, it's linked here, uh, is uh, all the tavern songs from Dragon Age Inquisition for free until February 9th. and then after that, uh, they'll make them available for uh, for you know whatever price they decide. But I just thought this was a really cool thing, Brent. Not only is the music great, fanservice. Uh, uh, I, I downloaded position. it. Uh, I, I just thought it was. I thought it was just an awesome, awesome way to you know give a little thank you to their to their customers in, a, in
0: a, for playing the game. And uh, uh, I just thought it was great, man. I agree, man. It's uh, like I said. It's just it's great fan service. No reason not to do it. Glad to see that they are doing it, and I'm sure for everybody who's playing Dragon Age and uh, getting a taste of it, it sounds like the, this will go a long way towards endearing them to uh, to BioWare. So excellent, excellent work. Um, yeah, it's nice to
1: see some, uh, some love for the customers every once in a while.
0: So next up in the garage, I don't think any of us would be surprised uh, would be surprised to learn that uh, Gearbox is going to be working on a Borderlands three in uh, somewhere somewhere down the road. But uh, it's not probably coming anytime soon um, because we've just gotten word from uh, Gearbox that they are just looking to start hiring, uh, building up their uh, their team for Borderlands three and uh, Randy Pitchford. Sent out a sent out a teaser image, letting everybody know that if uh, they're interested in getting on board, they can get in touch with him at heyrandy at gearbox dot com, and uh, they're looking to uh, looking to grow the team. I guess that uh, I guess that, you know it's no big surprise, but it's just you know kind of kind of an interesting pitch. I, I think most of the time you know companies they they start building up their staff and all that thing in secret. You know they'll you know. Rockstar right. will, you know, start quietly hiring people for an undisclosed project. Uh, you know, whereas Gearbox, I think, basically has started the hype train for uh, Borderlands Three with this uh, with this salvo. Yeah, this is this. Is, there's a couple things that are interesting about
1: this, and, and, and reasons I put on the docket. One of them is I'm curious to know if people care uh, at this point. Um, I, I have to say, as much as I absolutely love Borderlands Two, my response to this was sort of like, eh. I mean, kind of. I, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because of uh, maybe a little oversaturation. Even though I'm not playing them, oversaturation with the pre-sequel and the the uh, Telltale Games version of the game, and uh, so I'm just so one of the reasons I put on here was I'm curious to know if people at this point care. But the other, the other uh, about this IP. But the other, I, the other reason I put it on here was because I, as you alluded to, Brent, I, I found this very odd. Like, are we at the point now? Odd and, and somewhat um, self indulgent, honestly. Um, are we at the point where we're announcing that we're ready to start working on games? I mean, we're talking, we're, we're but theoretically, you know, depending on how much they rewrite the engine or don't, uh, anywhere from two to five years away from this game coming out, if they actually mm-hmm. decided to re- rewrite a new engine. And, and I just felt like it was odd that they, I've never, I, I don't believe I've seen a game do this, but I could be wrong. Um, but I, I I don't know. And I, it, come, it came off to me as like self, like we're so
0: important that you want to know that we're hiring. I don't know. There's something about that, know that know felt a little would odd to me. That quality to it, myself. I, I guess that I just kind of saw it as, um, as just you know, kind of taking a playbook out of out, you know out of the way that like you know big blockbuster movies are being done now. I mean, you know, like the first, the first you know big hype isn't a trailer; it's the casting and you know oh and you know this director's attached and oh uh you know the 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 script's being written by uh, by this guy over here that wrote this other great movie that you like um yeah i mean you know, that's the thing it's just like like the advertising campaign for these things starts uh much much earlier than it used to and i i i guess that that's that's kind of what i was thinking in, in in looking at this story i was kind of thinking that yeah they're they're basically just kind of doing the same thing they're just starting to Uh, hype the uh, hype the game advertise the game as it were much much sooner than uh, than people normally do but um, for better or worse that doesn't mean that this this will be the last time we see this or even as you pointed out that it's the first time there could be another example of this that we're just not not thinking of but um, I don't know I, I I don't know whether this is smart or not because I think that I think that Often people within the game industry, I, I don't know if it's a minority or not, but uh, I, I do think that there there's a group of people that you know are a little bit weary of the of the hurry up and get excited for this game that you can play in three years. You know, that's yeah, uh, it, it, I, I mean, well, like, you know, like like the I, I I remember reading this article one time and I can't remember the the exact details, but the the short version of it was that it was basically talking about movie trailers and like what the ideal window. To kind of like, like basically, like how long you can kind of hold people's excitement for something, and and it was something along the lines of like twelve months, twelve, thirteen months, or something like. If you start advertising your movie too soon, you you cross this threshold past which people are actually get sick of hearing it, and so you know, like like they can withstand so much saturation in such and such period of time, and I, I can't help if but wonder if the game industry might not be. Um, playing on the wrong side of that threshold sometimes
1: yeah uh, that's yeah and I, I i think they are i mean i think in this case they are it just seemed odd and so i thought i thought um eh, i thought it was interesting it stood out to we me should we got his email
0: address we should email him and tell him hey randy hey randy this is odd. That could become like a new meme. It's just like, like you know, like, hey, Randy. And then, you know, messages to, to Randy Pitchford. It wouldn't even have to be anything necessarily related to Borderlands 3 or video game. It could be like, hey, Randy, did you know that there are four types of waterborne pathogens? You know, just stuff like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Randy, I just wanted to say, hey, Randy. It's, um, hey, Randy, Ryan Gosling's looking for you. Not really. Anyway, um, last up in the garage this week and perhaps most epically up in the garage this Whoa. week is a video that's been making the rounds pretty much everywhere. It's got, I think, over six million views on YouTube at this point. It was posted, uh, I, I, think, I think Roland uh, posted it uh, first to... Uh, ...to the, uh, the Outlaw Gamer Society website. This is titled... ...Elders Play Grand Theft Auto V... ...on the React YouTube channel. And as the name implies... ...what you're going to see... ...is a collection of senior citizens... ...playing Grand Theft Auto V. They've been given some instruction... ...on how the controls work... ...but other than that... ...they're told nothing... ...they're just left to their own devices... ...to do what they will. And some of the things they do... ...and especially a lot of the things they say... Are comedic gold. Catherine, I was especially a big fan of. Who, uh, who? Early in the video, she's walking through. Uh, she's walking through Mike's house, and uh, Mike, you know, comes across his wife or whatever. And she's, she's like, you know, boozing up in the kitchen or whatever. And Catherine's like, "Who's this? Is this his wife or his maybe his girlfriend?" And the character at, like, like, you know, says, like, I've got to get whacked out on Xanax and wine, and then maybe I could get myself fucked up enough to want to sleep with you. And Catherine Deadpans, it's his wife. <laughs> and, um, oh, my God, dude, I like to die. I like to die. So I, I think it was her, but somebody later on, like, after they discover the weapon, she goes, ooh, I've got a gun now where's a person (laughs) like of course course. (laughs) oh my god it was so funny it was really really funny but it was also interesting to kind of you see what their reaction to it was after they'd played it like like, oh i had a really great time shooting police and and murdering citizens and all that but oh oh, no, no, no people shouldn't play this game i wouldn't want my grandkids to play this game that kind of thing. And then other people were like, Oh man, this is great, you know, like it's just a game. Nobody's really getting hurt. This is the best kind of violence. The fun the fun imaginary kind. So anyway, it's 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 a riot though. It's it's definitely worth checking out.
1: It was uh, it, uh, it was fantastic. It was absolutely. I was not. You know what? I did not. When I clicked on it, I was like, "Elders, what do they mean by elder?" Like I didn't. Mean I, I wasn't elders. sure. You're I had elders. no idea that that's what I was going to see. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, it, it was awesome, Brent. It was awesome.
0: You know what's what's what I was thinking about just now as we were talking about this. There's a limited window of opportunity that you can make videos like this because. You know, when our generation is elderly, you're not going to be able to... You're not going to be able to, you know, have a sit-down. like, I've never played video games before. You know what I mean? Like, th- there's... I mean, I'm sure, I guess there'll be something else. I don't know what it'll be. You know, I don't like heroin. You inject through your tear ducts or something. You know, whatever. I've never injected heroin through my tear ducts but before. But that's my whole—that's the that. whole point. Like maybe that's as commonplace as video game in thirty years, and then you and I are the ones on YouTube injecting heroin into our tear ducts and you yeah. know telling, and so kids can laugh at us as we as we try to acclimate. Now, all I can think about is heroin. I, I have to go. That's how addictive it is. You just hear the name and you're like, ooh, I want some smack. Ooh, I want some- <laughs> Start scratching the inside of your elbow and.
1: All right, guys, we have moved out of the garage and headed into the clubhouse, and this is where we talk about the topics of the day. Uh, we've got a great topic this week, thanks to one of our listeners
0: on the website. But before we get into that, Brent, why don't you tell us about the club poll from last week? Yeah, so last week we were talking about, you know, kind of the, the shenanigans with uh, H1Z1. And the uh, the pay to win airdrop situation and all that you know the stuff that's going on with the uh, with the early access for that. And uh, we asked the question: Is Sony Online Entertainment's refund policy enough to satisfy you on the H one Z one shenanigans? We gave you three options, and uh, I tell you what, it was it was pretty evenly split. Last place, second place, as it turns out, with thirty percent. You answered no. They charged gamers for a free game and lied to them about paid to win. And first place was tied in a dead heat, 35% to 35% for the answers. Yes. The people who paid got the money back. Now we move on. And that was tied with the answer. It's a start, but the money is nothing next to them breaking their word. So the, uh, the OGR listening audience, almost evenly divided uh, on this uh, on this topic or perhaps uh my poll questions were just really really shitty and didn't uh, didn't leave all that much room for delineation it could go either way i can admit it 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 could i mean you know so thank you, everybody, uh, for chiming in on that, for sounding off on that, for relaying your thoughts, opinions, and, and experiences playing the H1Z1 Early Access. We really appreciate hearing about all that. Uh, we also appreciate this next listener who uh, left us a message and kind of is going to lead us into today's topic. That's right. Uh,
1: that listener, Brent, would be uh, it would be Jaderman, nineteen seventy eight, Janderman, 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 nineteen seventy eight. I can't, I can't, I can't read uh, my own writing. So, uh, good luck. Janderman when you nice get to to the name of
0: that head. game at the end of this paragraph.
1: Posted. Uh, Off you go. <laughs> post. Posted uh, uh, a post on the website saying, I thought it was really interesting, and I thought it uh, would be a good foundation for discussing sort of part of the state of the industry today, and, and, and the statement that Gender Man wrote was, guys, one question. When did we, the gamers, turn into this negative, depressed, cynical, fearing-everything-we-see state that we're in right now? I was talking to some of my customers lately and asked them which game they are planning to play in 2015, and overall, the answer was title X if they don't fuck up this and that, or title Y if they don't make us pay another 50 bucks for additional content. It's a very depressing mood going on from gamers these days. I say you should see the beauty in the dissonance. I missed the nineties days where everyone was hyped about a new game or console release. That being said, de- here comes <laughs> Dangan rope, Ronpa <laughs> D- D- dang, 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 dang and Ronpa is friggin' great on the Vita. I'm a late adopter, but it's worth each minute I play it in my opinion. So, uh, You know, Brent. What I thought we would talk about this week, and what I think is really interesting, is this idea of uh, sort of where we've where we've come as gamers. You know, in terms of our attitudes towards gaming, and I think you know the the attitude that Janderman nineteen seventy eight is is alluding to here is is very uh, pervasive at this point, and I think Mm -hmm. um, is is indicative of uh, sort of the state of our industry in a a, not a good way at all. Um, You know, I also I put an article up here. Uh, I just pulled one article out that I noticed today. There's, there's a lot of examples of why we're like this, and we'll talk about this. But uh, there's an article I pulled out. I think this one is particular one happens to be from Forbes, but it's entitled Dying Light Promises No Review Embargoes Delivers No Review Copies. Um, and and uh, it's this idea that the Dying Light, which comes out at the time of this recording um, tomorrow, Tuesday, we record on Monday, um, you know, they they said months ago that they would there would be no review embargoes. They would be completely transparent. This is the upcoming zombie game from Techland and Warner Brothers. And uh, um, and uh, uh, so what they have done is they they didn't send out review copies until today, Monday, and so nobody can get any kind of decent. Uh, re- we'll have any real review up uh, on the day of release tomorrow. Uh, in addition, they made several deals with multiple YouTubers, uh, where they're paying the YouTubers to do Let's Plays uh, and not um, review the game. Essentially, yeah. where they can't like uh, you know really give a, a negative opinion of the game, and so uh,
0: because part of the agreement for them getting the ability to publish the footage is they got to agree to certain conditions, like you won't criticize the game. As an example, right, and so so they've done this, coupled with the fact
1: that they didn't send out review copies, and it's yeah. this is one of the things, Brent, along with this sort of climate of of DLC and this feeling that 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 game developers are more interested in trying to figure out how to manipulate us into buying things and actually create high quality um, interactive uh, entertainment experiences. Um, that that uh, this this idea, this feeling, I think that that I think is is very it's there for a reason that that um, games are a vehicle for as I said, for manipulating money out of your pocket and not for creating necessarily um, compelling interactive entertainment experiences, and even ones that do uh, seek to create interactive compelling interactive entertainment experiences are now uh, seeming to uh, build in this sort of money making model. Uh, that's on top of it and, and sullies it and and so this along with uh pre-orders and the idea that you, you can't possibly get all the content necessarily and day one dlc on the disc and locked dlc on the disc and things like no root re- you know lack of review copies that sort of thing all of these things i think brent uh play into this this um this image that that janderman is painted of the modern gamer and so i i don't know i thought we would discuss a little bit i don't know what do you think
0: do you do you feel like um do you feel like this is a common conversation i do yeah and, and it's one i've had with you know my friends uh outside the context of you know discussing you know the show or the website or anything like that it's i think it's something that regular gamers all over the world are talking about and rightfully so uh as to Janderman's man's question Uh, His one question, when did we, the gamers, turn into this negative state we're in right now, uh, it happened when consoles uh, became internet-connected devices. Uh, The the second that companies had the ability to not release a game that was sound, technically sound on disk, because they could patch bugs after the fact, the second they had the ability to, uh, to, to sell us more content after the game had released... Uh, that's where all these things came from. And I, um, I I take issue, although not that much, uh, because I don't know that this was really what he was intending with his question. But I, I take issue w- with his description uh, of of describing people who feel this way as negative. I, I think people who feel this way are are honest, and, and I think that uh, I think they they deserve to feel this way in light of what's going on. I think that if you feel this way, it's not a sign of anything being negative or wrong with you. It's a sign of you being aware. Of the, uh, of the practices of the industry that, uh, that, that you love and the hobby that you love. Um, and I think that the, uh, what's going on, and, and the reason I don't consider myself negative about it, what's going on right now is growing pains. In my opinion, I, I think that what we're seeing is uh, a bunch of people trying a bunch of different stuff uh, because this new technology, which has only been available since the beginning of the last console generation, which we're you know, just kind of now waning through. Uh, this has only been available for a few years now, and so people are experimenting. They're trying different things, and, uh, and certainly... Uh, there are people within the industry publishers and and other uh, companies that are are using these practices in a way that is not all that consumer friendly but there are plenty of other companies that are going out of their way to be consumer friendly and to not do some of these things and all that and I think that with the uh, the amount of negativity that it, that I, I perceive to be growing all the time concerning this stuff, I think that it is something that will eventually reach an, an, an equilibrium. Um, but it's just right now it's just kind of the frenzy of the new and, and people kind of figuring out you know where the boundaries are for this this new capability that uh, that we've had since I don't know you know 2006 or so whatever but anyway that's that's kind of my my feeling on it I, I think you know this stuff's less than a decade old you know we've already seen it happen grow into popularity and, and we're already you know kind of getting sick of some of the ways it's being uh, exploited and I think that in time it uh, things will cool down a little bit because eventually people are just people are just not going to make it worth their while to uh, to to engage in these kinds of practices that's my take anyhow so you 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 think that this is going to cool down i think so yeah i, I think that i think the consumer demand will will put sufficient pressure on companies uh, in time that uh, that I'm not saying that it will never happen, I'm just saying that I, I don't think that it will be as prevalent as as we see it being right now. So what,
1: what do you think, I'm curious Brent, yeah. what do you think, um, when you say you think it will calm down, what is it specifically that you think will calm down in terms of like, you think there will be less um, type, less DLC type stuff, you think there will be uh, pre-orders will go <coughs> away, you think I don't what like specifically what practices do you, consumer reverse practices do you think will will wane or disappear?
0: I think that uh, as an example, I think that um, I think that I think that you'll see the quality of paid DLC uh, change. I, I think that I, I think that you know that we can all point to be, we can all point to examples of paid DLC that you know nobody sees much value in. I I think that uh, I, I think that I don't think that Many. paid DLC will necessarily go away. But I think that what you'll see is that uh, I, I think you'll see that companies will really have to actually deliver something. I think that you know the practice of, as an example, um, locking content on disk uh, behind a pay gate. I you know we're already seeing that happen less and less and less. You know, there, there's high profile examples every now and then, but you know, really that's something that that already has kind of come and gone to a degree. Uh, you know, season passes are you know are a good example of of a practice that. That people said, hey, you know, or, or not season passes, excuse me, the, um, or the online pass, excuse me, the online pass is what I meant. Um, oh, right. y- you know, like online passes were, you know, something that, uh, you know, that, that people you know tried to make happen and, and it just it just kind of fizzled out I think that things like DLC are going to be around because you know people buy DLC and in you know cases uh, you know particularly things like you know call of duty battlefield you know we're buying extra maps and stuff I think people get enough value out of those that uh, that they enjoy it but I I think that's the thing that it's gonna it's gonna get a lot more selective what you know people actually uh, you know drop money for uh, as as it goes along I think that I think that actually a lot of those things that you can point to in the way of dLC and stuff like that I think a lot of it's probably actually has improved somewhat you know compared to you know things like the online passes and stuff that you know we were seeing you know just a few years ago. a lot of those things have already fallen uh, by the wayside but um, the, the specific to this dying light article i was i was and of course we were talking about this recently also, but specific to the dying light thing. Um, I think that the I think that the whole, the whole notion of transparency, you know, which is interesting, given the fact that you know the Techland had had kind of committed to transparency, and then it, oh, it turns out they're really not all that transparent. Which there's a lot of that going around these days. I can't speak for other countries, but anyway, my point is that um, I think that you know what's the solution to this? Like, you know, how do you combat this practice of them uh, of, of them? Either embargoing reviews or not sending out reviews so that people can't get an honest, accurate appraisal of the game from, uh, from the outlet of their choice on day one or prior to day one so they can make a purchasing decision. Uh, you know, how do you combat that? It's just like our listeners said uh, back in the Axe Factor days just don't buy the game on day one. Get the day six edition of the game, wait a week, find out. You know, from real people who are playing the game, what it's actually like, what's actually broken, what needs to be fixed, whether or not it's worth your money or not. Just don't buy it day one. Don't pre-order it. You know, a a little bit of patience will will really effectively combat all of these things, because I I, I think that I think in this specific case, uh, the the whole strategy here is to just try to keep people ignorant so that they can get as many sales as they can on day one. And then I think they figure that sales are going to drop off pretty rapidly. So they're just going to get what they can those first 24 hours or so. And you can take that away from them if you just wait. Yeah, I mean, this is certainly there was another post on on uh,
1: Outlaw Gamer Society. I don't know if you saw it or Brent, but it was sort of a call to arms to, to re, reaffirm a reaffirming call to arms uh, about not buying games, not preordering games, not buying them. Uh, uh until they're, until reviews are up and you 've had a chance to read them and that sort of thing, and I, I thought that was I, a, I have to say, sort I, of a great reminder for everybody I I, and
0: i am I agree with that i think that I think that uh, 's really smart
1: yep, and a couple of our users and, and have made that commitment to themselves, and I would like to make that same commitment that idea of uh not of not doing it of not buying you know not preordering games there's and uh,
0: you know i i i think thats uh, that's how that 's how we more. speak. What's that? And not getting games on day one, you know, just because that, that's the whole. Th- I mean, I think all these practices are kind of built around the idea that you know you get you get people's excitement built to a fever pitch, and then they run out and buy the game the first chance they get before they've actually found out whether or not you know the game is the game is what it's purported to be.
1: Yep. You know, we've been talking about we've been doing this show for over four years now, Brent, Has it Been and- that long, Jesus. I know, right? Um and, and uh we've been talking about uh these p- business practices. Uh I would say probably since day 1. Off and on, yeah. That's um, yeah,
0: it's been a constant uh, threat. And
1: so this is it's not something new. I mean, this has been this has been something that's building. I'll be curious uh I'll be curious to see if this is in fact something that um that gets better over time or or if you know how long these growing pains last, I really heading into this conversation wasn 't thinking of this as a, a topic of growing pains, but more of a, uh, a a trend of emotion that is headed in one direction and is going to continue going in that direction um, but uh, uh, y- you know I mean it would be curious to check in with this uh, a year from now or, and see where it 's at, but it is unfortunate one way or the other I, I feel it 's unfortunate that this is the kind of I think it's a common attitude among gamers, and it actually it saddens me because it, to me it stunts the growth uh, of our incredible industry. And of course, the industry is growing financially, but it stunts the the where I you know it stunts the creative uh, and social growth of of our industry, and it's it's unfortunate. I think
0: I, I agree it is, and and I think that uh, I I think it's one of those things that you know the, the people who are responsible for this have to really they, they have they have to think about the 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 long term game of this because if they if they do, in fact, alienate people with these practices enough, uh, they hurt their ability to grow in the long term. If, if people get so sick up, uh, so uh, fed up with this, so sick and tired of it, that they become unexcited about gaming as an industry, then they could very well stop supporting gaming as an industry with their money, uh, all, maybe not altogether, maybe just... Uh, buying games less often, uh, more selectively, so forth, so you know the industry will only be hurting itself if they don 't listen to their customers and, and there 's actually a point that Paul Tassey makes in this Forbes article that really echoes a sentiment i 've uh, thought many, many times. I just want to quote him here he says quote if you 're confident in the creation i 'm not clear." Why you would compl- Why you would completely avoid judgment? And that's how that's how I feel about it too. You know, I feel like what, what we, we as consumers can do, as we kind of outlined, is uh, is you know not pre-order, not buy on day one. What the industry can do to avoid this is not try to not try to get away with shit, not try to pull the wool over our eyes. Make a really good game. Don't try to trick us into thinking that you've made a really good game by not allowing reviews, by manipulating. YouTube footage and that kind of stuff. You can, you can avoid all that by just putting the effort into the development. You don't have to put the effort into the manipulation. Just put the effort into the game development and make sure that you're, you're, you're creating a solid product. Why don't you just do that? And then everything will work out for you. Yeah, us. I mean, obviously,
1: the, impli- the, 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 the sort of implication of this behavior is uh, is obviously like this is not a high-quality product, and it's hard for us to say at this point because we haven't actually... Uh, seen this game Uh, but certainly that's the implication when you talk about that practice in particular is that they're you know they're they're hiding something right right? it it
0: doesn't I mean it's certainly not behavior that that speaks of we're exceptionally confident in our game and no you can't see it yeah yeah it's those two things seem at odds to me. Uh, indeed well
1: i 'd be curious to hear what the listeners have to say about this. I want to know you know if you guys if this is the experience that you guys are having when you talk to your friends that are gamers when you think about games, do you think about them in the context of like oh i 'm excited for this, I hope they don 't screw us in this way or that or I hope this doesn 't happen and i you know i I started to think about that after I read this, and I, I thought you know th- this is how I think about things in general like i 'm not you know i the the game i 'm probably the company i probably have the most faith in and the game i'm probably the most excited about because of that is uncharted 4 um mm-hmm. naughty dog is, you know like batman i i was super excited about batman and now yeah, i feel like it's kind of cool they're to, heading uh, yeah it has cooled and, and this it, it, the only game right now that i'm super super jazzed for is uncharted 4 but I, i'll be honest in that i still have this sense of like i hope they don't fuck it up between now and then maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe we are negative uh, uh, so I want to hear from you guys, uh, or we want to hear from you guys as to what you think on this subject. Is this what you encounter when you talk to your friends or gamers? Is this how you think when you think about games? Is this something that, as Brent um, implied, or not implied, outright stated, that is, going, is just growing pains and is going to get better? Or do you feel like uh, this is something that is just going to keep getting worse and worse? We'll put up a poll, of course, about this topic, but also let, let us know all your thoughts in the comments section. Um, But also let us know all
0: your thoughts in the comments section as usual. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We are on the road, and uh, we're going to be talking about the games we've been playing this week. I am excited to announce that I have played something in addition to Star Wars Commander, and I'm going to talk about that and not talk about Star Wars Commander this week for the first time in God knows how long
1: it won't be thank god it won't be star wars commander 2 will it
0: no it won't but give it time uh first up though i'm going to throw to you lauren uh for some more dragon age inquisition uh yep yeah, uh, of course i played a little bit more again
1: not as much as i had hey, hoped for only a little bit away more some tavern tavern
0: songs for this game huh uh they are
1: which are fantastic you should go check them out um may, uh, now i'm going to go look at the buying the soundtrack uh so i did play a little bit more not a ton. Um, I have nothing else to add to this conversation except that I'm still playing it. Uh, I'm still absolutely loving this game and I and I can't wait to continue to play Fair it. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, uh, that's all I got. So what do you have you have a game that I have not seen before? Deep Deep Dungeons of Doom. One only one deep, by the way. That's right. Deep Dungeons of Doom.
0: Triple D, son. Uh this was a game. What is this? What was, is this game? It was recommended to me uh by a listener uh uh christopher fatui and he uh, he told me hey you should check this out i think he I, I think at first he he got me on twitter and uh said hey you should check this game out on ios it turns out it's also on steam and um i guess he had a spare steam key for it uh, anyway he, he sent it to me and said hey you know if you're interested check this out and i'm like yeah I've, i looked at it on ios but it was like i don't know like five bucks four or five bucks something like that and i was like well i'll mm-hmm. add it to my wish list you know maybe you know maybe we'll see if it goes on sale uh, because yeah, it's just uh, a little bit pricier than I was. I was prepared to just you know drop on a game that I really didn't know anything about at the time. And uh, anyway, so he gave me a Steam key, and I checked it out. And it's actually a really, uh, it's actually kind of a, a, a really neat game. And I am actually thinking about getting it on iOS now that I've played it. And bear in mind, I just played it you know for maybe ten, I don't know, ten or fifteen minutes or something like that. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh now that I now that I kind of get like what the game is, I do actually think it'd be a really good fit on iOS because the gameplay I I think is is suited for a kind of, you know, just pick up and play when you have a a few spare moments, you know, sort of mentality. But essentially it is a uh it's kind of, you know, an an 8-bit retro style uh kind of uh, RPG and I I say RPG but um the way that it works is uh, you're essentially, you know, kind of uh, you're essentially c- kind of taking some of the some of the exploration a- aspects out of the RPG, and you're just kind of focusing on the uh, the fighting, and it's it's turn based combat, and you've got statistics, you've got you know strength, defense, agility, magic, you've got you know these these four ab- abilities that you can uh, you can increase your stats in in order to you know kind of customize your character uh you know to to suit your play style uh you know enemies will have certain attributes that you know you have to account for you know c- certain things that they'll be strong in certain things that they're weak on they'll have weak weak points in their attack you know where you have to kind of hold back and and defend until uh one of the early bosses you know is like this kind of big blob and you know, if you just attack him outright, you don't really do any damage. You have to wait for him to, like, open this, this big eyeball, and that's his vulnerable spot. Then you attack. You know, so all of that is, you know, kind of, you know, gaming 101 boss mechanic type stuff. But it's put together in this package that... um is pretty fun and uh, th- like the way that the dungeons work just imagine within your mind that you know it's just kind of you know this giant elevator or something you know you're on one level okay. you fight an enemy okay you, you that enemy's dead you can collect some loot collect some coins okay now you go down a level okay now there's another you know and you're just like swiping down now there's another enemy okay you know you take him out swipe down a level so you know you're kind of uh, as the name would imply you're diving deeper and deeper into this dungeon until uh, you know Until you reach uh, the boss or whatever, so it's you know it's just kind of taking the paradigm of, of classic RPGs and kind of simplifying it, uh, distilling it down to a form that is more compatible with on the go gaming as opposed to you know actually sitting there and you know having to travel from town to town, you know fighting enemies along the way, and that kind of thing it's just It's more focused uh, on the the combat and leveling up aspects of, of that uh of that genre. So how are you leveling
1: how are you leveling up? Are you leveling up through You
0: said there's no exploration. So is it through combat yes, or are you actually that's correct. Yes. So like, you know, you defeat enemies, you get uh, you know, you get like experience points, you'll pick up loot, you'll pick up uh coinage and that kind of thing. So it's uh it, it's all it's all based on on the combat that you're engaged in. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it, it is. I I think as I was saying, I think that uh it's it's an especially, I think, well-suited game for handheld. I don't know if it's on iOS. I, I need to go look that up. But anyway, uh, Deep Dungeons of Doom, playing around a little bit with it. Might end up playing a little bit more in the coming weeks. We'll see. Uh, excellent, man. I look forward to hearing more oh, about I, actually, it. Actually, actually, Lauren, um, actually, I just went and Googled it, and it is on Android as well. So anyway, just you know, for those of you who are not of the ios persuasion this is available to you also anyway sorry that's it of the ios persuasion is that is that the politically correct way to say it now Brent? uh to say that you're an
1: ios user i yeah uh okay. the uh, i know i know what you're trying to say you're taking a dig at me i get it Whatever. it's cool it's all good um, uh, no, that sounds interesting man as I said, I look forward to, uh, to to hearing more about it but I know that you are interested in hearing my reaction to
0: the next game am i, <laughs> I i'm assuming I, I have been waiting how long has the playstation 4 been out that 's how long i've been waiting to see this game show up in the dock where i didn 't put it uh, yeah, this game was initially it was free
1: wasn't it the first when the p s four was released Um, And free it it should be, let me tell you. Um, I'm just, I'm totally kidding. So we're talking about Rezogun. Oh my God, are we? Uh, It went on sale this weekend on the indie sale for three bucks. It was a total, total no brainer. Um, And I picked it up and sent me a little note and I thank you for that. Oh, well,
0: and Um, I have to in turn thank Esteban who who sent me a message and reminded me and said I should pass the word to you. So uh, we have to mention him as well.
1: Oh, good, good man. Thank you, Esteban. Um, so I finally got Resogun, Brent, and I fired it up. And, uh, you know, I, what, what's to say about the game that you don't already know? It's a tremendous, tremendous uh, game. It's a lot of fun. The only issue I have with this game, the, the two issues I have with this game. Okay. Uh, one of them is it's too addictive. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's, it's too good. Uh, and the other is, and tell me if I'm wrong, Brent. I don't know. Have you played it recently? Yes, yes, I have. You have. Okay, so uh, what level do you play it on? I usually play it on normal. Uh, So you play it on... There's four levels. Yeah, so like the the, the the second one, like not beginner. I think there's like... Right, experienced, I think is what it's called. Okay,
0: yeah, so like I think there's beginner, experienced, and then like expert. Veteran, and and then master. Yeah, something like that. I I, usually usually play it like on... Whatever the second level from the bottom is, normal experience. experience. So I started playing
1: this game. I am not experienced at these types of games. I don't play a lot of twin stick shooters. Mm -hmm. So I started out on beginner, uh, which, you know, was totally appropriate. I I started
0: out there too. It's fine. Uh,
1: Yep. And I played beginner for probably, um, I don't know, maybe an hour or something like that. Um, and I got good at it. I got good at it. And I had to, add, to be honest with you, I had to go look up uh, some stuff on the internet because I wasn't totally understanding the mechanic of um, how to know when the humans were going to come out. Yeah. I didn't understand the keepers and all that. So I had to look it up. And once I did that, it broke the game open for me. And I totally understood. There's only like five mechanics in the entire game. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, so I played on beginner for a while and I was just, I was crushing it. I mean, I was, I was doing really, really well. And I thought, okay, I should step this up. And so my one other complaint would be, I felt like when I, when I stepped up to experience that it was a bigger jump than it should have been. Um, I I have barely been able to get through the first couple levels of the first like world or whatever. Um, and i can't get past that i absolutely cannot get past that and and that's fine i'm up to the challenge i love this game it just felt like a, a bit of a steep um uh, uh a steep jump to be honest that would be my only at this point complaint about the game um, the only other complaint being is is that i want more also i mean i can I, mean, I can't really exactly tell the mechanics of i've been playing almost exclusively in arcade mode yeah me too um and i can't exactly tell the mechanics are there there's I can't tell how many worlds there are, uh, each of which has three levels. Uh, so, what yeah. I was wondering is—is is, is, is there's some like I don't feel like there's been a lot of visual uh, differences. Like, I feel like I want to go to the next world and everything's in red or something. You know what I mean? Like, just has a, right. a, a really distinctly different aesthetic, and, and I, I don't see that happening yet. But that's only because I don't see it. But I put, I put, so. Fifteen dollars is a no-brainer for this game. Um, three dollars, uh, you're an asshole if you don't just pay them, even if you never play it. Um, it, it Fifty. I mean, I've I, I played three hours of it, and, and I've uh, I, I, every time I've sat down to play, I've I picked up Rezogun.
0: And the other thing that's awesome about it is it's so easy to jump in and out of. Yeah. Um, I mean, is there? A, can you think of a more pure expression of kind of classic arcade? Game philosophy and mechanics, you know, in anything in recent years. I mean, it's like this, this game, this game could like so easily be like a coin op arcade title. It just, I mean, it feels so at home. In, in that kind of great pantheon of, of arcade shooters and everything. It, it just, like the Defenders I know, it, and the it, Zaxons it is, of the world. You, you know exactly, what I like better exactly. about this game, though? Is Simultaneously nostalgic and, and, new. And, totally, yes. and totally... And what I, And I agree yeah. with you 100%. What I love
1: about it, what what I most love about it, other it's aesthetically beautiful, okay. but they've taken this genre and by making it circular, which it... it, 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 it by making it circular instead of like a progressive line, uh, it... it, it Feels like it just updates that genre so beautifully, and it plays, uh, it yeah. plays so it made,
0: like it's so perfect. I can't believe nobody ever did that back in the day. Yeah, well, and that's the thing they did in a sense. I mean, like I'm thinking of like Fantasy Zone for the, uh, for the Sega Zone. Master System. Fantasy Zone. I was thinking of the basically, arcade though. Well, but my my point though is that there were lots of there were lots of of two D side scrolling shooters that did loop. You know, like, like you could fly horizontally through the level and come back to the point where you started, right? It was essentially a circle. It's just that it was never, it was never rendered that way graphically within the game. Whether that was because nobody thought to do it or because it was technologically feasible, yeah. I don't know. But that's the thing is that it, it is exactly like those games are, but it, they, they, they kind of, they kind of are taking it apart and saying, well, why is it that way? Oh, well, because it's a circle, you know, and and, and so that's how we'll construct the levels. We'll construct the level as, you know, this giant column that you're flying around. I, I just, I, I absolutely, absolutely love the game. It, the, the the game mechanics are few. They, they are relatively simple in concept, but difficult oh, to absolutely. master, which I absolutely. love. There's no I question about it. I take- love the, the finesse that's required to really uh, to really dominate. Yeah. The one game. of the places I've
1: been getting screwed up rent is that I, uh, you know, when I was on beginner, I could just not even, it just ignore the bombs altogether. I didn't even use them. I just saved yeah. them for the, and it took me a while to get over that and realize like, I'm going to have to use the bombs to, to get through these levels. I can't, you can't do it without it. And, yeah. um, and um, you really have to use
0: all the mechanics available to you, especially as you get up into the
1: into the. Yeah, it place. is. I mean, it has such a beautiful combination of that, like uh, simple to play, difficult to master, as well as that sort of bungee loop of like thirty seconds of action, uh, kind of thing. And, and yeah. it does such a great job of that. Uh, thirty seconds of action over and over and over again. It does such a great job of that. And uh, um, uh, it, you know, it, it, it it's like it reminds me a bit of of Super Meat Boy uh, in the context of. Uh, although a hundred times more beautiful, but Super Meat Boy was one of the most pure and well balanced gameplay experiences I've ever had. Just pure gameplay, and and that's that's what the game is. Yeah. this game is in its genre is, is the same thing. It's just absolutely brilliantly designed, pure gameplay.
0: Yeah, the the last time I played a shooter, and it's not the, it's not exactly the same kind of shooter. The last time I th- I played a shooter like this that really that really reminded me why i love this genre it was like einhonder on the on the playstation which tony got me into uh he had an import of it uh but einhonder was it, it was that same kind of thing it was just like this my god like this this game is amazing this genre is so cool and you don't necessarily see a lot of them these days but uh there are some some really shining examples of what can be done in this genre on modern hardware and it's pretty yeah, that's badass. really fantastic
1: you know what i was just thinking brent I, I don't know why this popped into my head but this is a game that would lend itself really really well to something like uh the hollow lens like did you think about how, like like game experiences <laughs> no, and, I'm, and i'm being serious yeah, like yeah. i think you think about gaming experiences that
0: like would work and well, well think about it as like a tabletop like imagine, i just imagine it floating imagine in front of rendering you. this game yeah as if it were sitting on uh, in front of you on a table you know something like that like imagine like you know like a multiplayer version of this game you're playing with friends as if it were some kind of, you know, wickedly advanced animated board game or something like that. I mean, that would be awesome.
1: You know, I think about games like Call of Duty or Far Cry don't feel like they would make sense in something like the HoloLens. Um, Minecraft, the way they showed it, looked really compelling. And something like this, I think, I I was envisioning it like floating in front of my face in a floating circle, like like that whole floating circle of that game just being in front of my face. Uh, And and it makes... It makes perfect sense. It's, it's
0: in front of your. It's, whole it's face. a really it's a yeah. brilliant
1: game, Brandon. And I thank you for uh, pointing it out to me and Esteban. And I imagine we will be talking about it more, uh, to, you know, in the in the road section uh, moving forward. It's a great great game. I highly recommend. All it. All right, all right. So next up, you have the Wolf Among Us. My God, Lauren, do I have the Wolf Among Us? Have you
0: have you finished <laughs> the Wolf Among Us? Or are, are are you done with the with the first? Oh,
1: season? dude! Not only have I not finished it. Not only have I not finished it, but I actually downloaded it on my Android yeah. phone. Uh, when I was looking for games for traveling and uh it was awesome on the Android phone. But no, I haven't I've played episode yeah, one. Well
0: that, that was me. Like like I'd played episode one and son and some of I'd started episode two. I'd played some of episode two. And then uh I can't remember what pulled me away, but I, I never finished episode two and consequently I never finished you know the the epi- the episodes as ca- they they came out. I think all, all five are out at this point. And um anyway, you know, it's just one of those things, like, I really have been meaning to get back to it, because I remember loving it so much, but just hadn't made time or whatever. So anyway, this week, I uh, I finally decided to go back, and I ended up just restarting Episode 2, because I didn't really remember all that much of it. And um, so I, I got back into Episode 2, and... Um, uh, man, I, I tell you what, it was just... I mean, I, I just sat there engrossed for, you know, whatever, the two, three hours... However long, however long it was that it took me to get through it, um, it, it it just had me. I mean, the 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 game, the story, the characters, the setting, everything just worked beautifully in this, you know, this kind of rendition of of you know what is rapidly becoming Telltale's kind of signature, uh, you know, game style. But the thing about episode two of The Walking Dead. It, you got a little bit of this in episode one, but the thing about episode two that I really liked was the kind of detective work. And, you know, this is something you and I have talked about through L.A. Noir and how I, I think both of us f- find that there are great possibilities for this in games that that not a lot of games have really uh, ventured into all that much. But I love an episode two and, and I'll try not to spoil anything uh, for anybody who's not played it yet. Yeah, but um, there's there's a there's a scene uh, towards the end of the chapter where Bigby is is, you know, doing some actual detective work kind of in a crime scene environment. And so, you know, you're going along, you're looking at things and you've got you've got a character who's with you. That's kind of, you know, saying, oh, oh, you know, what, what do you what do you think the significance of that is? And so your kind of detective work is the multiple choice answer that you can provide. You know, are you, are you the player putting the pieces together? You've got, I mean, you know, you got a one in four chance of just guessing and getting it right, but it's really down to are you seeing what's, you know, what's in this environment and are you putting the pieces together? Are, are you seeing why these things kind of fit together, why they might all be here, uh, you know, and, and, and what it might point to? And I found it so rewarding. I found it so rewarding. It was the thing that I loved conceptually about LA noir, and that I actually felt like it, it fell short in some cases because it held your hand too much. To me, this felt just right. It had just mm. the right amount of it's a game, and you're not actually solving a murder, and you know, hitting a brick wall because you don't have years of experience or training as a fucking detective. It's it's a video game, so you know, they're they're. They're presenting it to you in a way that jives with gameplay, and yet it feels as though you are making the leaps yourself. Even though I, I know that you know the game design is kind of leading you to it, um, but it feels as though you're making those leaps yourself, and that you're actually accomplishing something akin to detective work and you know deduction and so forth. It's so rewarding, really, really I well think done. I,
1: rem- I think I may have played the second episode because I think I wrote that's
0: that that 's ringing true right. for me, so uh, anyway it's just uh, it 's just made me all the more determined to uh, to get back into it i 'm going to hold off as opposed to just splurging and playing through the entire series i 've committed myself to playing uh i i 'll play it like one episode over the next few weeks like i 'll play one episode a week i 'll limit myself to that you know so I can kind of have some time to to digest it to to you know give myself a, a little bit of time away for it and then come back to it uh recreating you know some semblance of the notion of a of an episodic tv show or something that you know you have to wait an episode between or a week between episodes something like that it's just a game i'm kind of playing with myself uh we won't right. we won't talk <laughs> really? about really really did you just say that we won't talk about the other games i play with myself but uh anyway i love i love the wolf among us i i i i absolutely love this game i can't uh, i can't wait to finish it and uh and talk about it in in more detail with you hopefully this will inspire you to pick it back up and and finish it out also
1: well i i i know it's a fantastic game and i know it's a fantastic
0: game well that's good i'm glad we both know that what's your point and i'm not and i haven't played it yeah no get get to it buddy get to it so uh, all right what's uh what's gonna finish us out this week
1: uh, rounding us out this week, Brent, is Infamous First Light. I, I picked it up again uh, and played, put another couple hours into it, and I, I have to say, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I, I almost want to say more than the original, which I've which I've heard people say. Um, neon wasn't necessarily my favorite power in the original game, which is what Fetch's uh, primary power is. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm really enjoying the mechanics in this game. I spent like, I spent about forty five minutes. Uh, last night Uh, so you can you can go through and do these sort of side activities like spray painting but more compelling ones now like chasing these balls of light and to up and you earn experience points basically you can upgrade doing that Uh, and i spent like 45 minutes or an hour just doing that last night and was able to upgrade probably 70 percent of my uh my character which i think is going to end up being just perfect because and to some that might sound too easy but you know if i get five hours out of this i would be happy and it would be perfect for me i i'm not looking for a 10 hour experience out of it. And so it feels like sort of a, 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 a bite sized portion of the original Infamous and uh, original Infamous Second Son, I mean. And um, right. uh, I, I'm really enjoying it, man. I, I, I'm liking the, the characters. I'm liking the way the story is progressing. I mean, the side missions are a bit more compelling uh, than they were previously, at least up to this point. Um, and it's nice to be back in the world. The game looks. Uh, amazingly good and stands up to any game that's come out on the ps4 since um it, it looks fantastic and it's really nice to be back in the world and it's not overwhelming because i feel like you know again it's going to be you know a, f- a five six seven hour experience i have no idea how long it is but um uh yeah i'm really enjoying it and i and i uh, i intend to keep playing it and play it through hopefully and uh, we'll talk about it more next week but but uh again it's it's you have this week, I think, uh, it's a free game on PS Plus, so if you have, uh, PS Plus, there's no, absolutely no reason not to download this and try it out. I highly, highly recommend it. Excellent. Yep. Uh, All and right. that's it, Brett. That's, as if that's not enough, um... Uh, we had several games this Boy, week and a lot to me. talk about in the top you. of the show. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as usual, we're going to now turn this over to the listening audience, our badass outlaws, uh, to comment on everything we talked about this week, including Infamous First Light, The Wolf Among Us, Rezogun, Deep Dungeons of Doom, and Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, those are the games we talked about while out on the road. In the gar- in the clubhouse, we talked about uh, this week, Janderman 1978's... Uh, um, post regarding the state of gamers themselves and uh, a sort of misanthropic attitude that may pervade uh, game players at large, and so we're curious what you guys have to say about that. And of course, uh, where we started out in the garage, elders playing Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that without laughing. Uh, Gearbox uh, ramping up for Borderlands Three. Uh, the giveaway of the tavern songs in Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, which I gave a quick listen to, and are absolutely beautiful. I highly recommend it. Uh, the announcement of the Hololens, and of course, uh, the first game we talked about, the sci-fi noir game from Lion Bite, their debut title, Reign of reflections. We want to hear what you guys think about all of those subjects or anything else going on in the world of gaming. We love your participation and your comments, so please as usual hit us up in the comment section below. Uh he is Brent Adams, as usual. I am Lauren Baumgarten and remember guys, you don't stop playing because you get old. You get old because you stop playing.